your home of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Pitt fans are so good at fooling themselves. They want to name basketball coach to replace Kevin Stallings, but it's not an attractive job. And Pitt won't pay the freight for a name coach. I hear the name Thad Mata. Mata. Let's call the whole thing off. The former Ohio State coach. But what would attract Mata to Pitt besides big money? The roster has nothing but crap players. And the Pete was only a third full this past season. Pitt men's basketball has so many problems. And the only cure is money. Which Pitt doesn't want to pay out. Heck, they're trying to crook Kevin Stallings out of half his buyout. Of course, the cliched solution is, get a pit guy. What, like Dave Wanstead? He's the ultimate pit guy, and the rich alumni jerks ran him off. Sean Miller isn't leaving Arizona to come to Pitt, assuming he survives what's gone on there. You hear names like Orlando Antigua, Brandon Knight, but again... How attractive is the Pitt men's basketball job? Every time a Pitt coaching job is open, it gets overrated. But I have a reasonable alternative for Pitt fans. Just pretend that basketball doesn't exist at all. Heck, it barely existed this year. Let's face it. Thad Mata, and I really am not trying to pronounce his name. I, I looked it up, and then I forgot because we never talk about basketball. Is it Mata? Mata? It's Mata. Thad Mata just isn't coming to Pitt. He's going to get a better job, more lucrative job, in a city where the radio guys know how to pronounce his name. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Am I right or what? Pitt fans overestimate how attractive the coaching jobs are. They really do. You know where they lucked out? This is a terrible thing to say, and it's regrettable it happened. But when that scandal hit Michigan State, like just a huge scandal from every direction at once, encompassing everything and everybody, that means that Narduzzi's not going to go back to Michigan State. At least, no, he's just not going. Because he was there when that stuff went on. And if he went back, they'd say, hey, weren't you here when that stuff went on? So he's going to be a pit, for better or worse, and I'm still not sure which. But that basketball job. I mean, who would want that basketball job? Who would want to take over an 0-8 team ACC team? No wins, 18 losses. When they're trying to crook the coach out of half his buyout. Now, I know what you're going to say. If the money's right, a coach would take it, and one will. The money will be right for him. How good that coach will be will depend on the money, but they'll find somebody for whom the money and opportunity is right. And then he'll suck, and they'll try to crook him out of his buyout. Hey, I'll be very blunt. Kevin Stallings' contract says his buyout is $9.4 million. If Pitt had any class, honor, or sense of accountability, they would pay him the $9.4 million they owe him. But Pitt has no class, 
honor or sense of accountability. This Heather like, people talk about, oh, it's so great Pitt brought in a woman, and it is great Pitt brought in a woman, but she's a crook. She's a scumbag just like all her predecessors were. A scumbag just like Scott Barnes. Anybody who would try to crook Kevin Stallings out of half his buyout is a scumbag. Not to be critical. 412-333-9939. Tiger Woods is minus four after two rounds at some Jamoke tournament. He's two shots off the lead with the leader still on the course. And Tiger is tied with two other guys at... Minus four. The Tiger Stooges are partying like it's 1999. Tiger is back. But someday soon, it'll be, I'm a back. Celebrating what Tiger Woods is doing at the Jabroni Invitational after just two rounds says a lot about the desperate level of Tiger fans. Here's the headline at TheBigLead.com. Tiger is back, baby. And he's still capable of winning the Masters. Yo, dude, keep it in your pants. It's two rounds at the Jamoke Invitational. Now, if he wins the tournament, then maybe, I don't know if I'd celebrate. I don't know if I'd predict the win at Augusta. But then at least you could somewhat reasonably live in hope. We got a couple controversial, very borderline topics to speak about today. I mentioned one. Uh, Darius Geis, the running back from Louisiana State, he was asked by a team at the NFL Combine if he likes men, which means they think he's gay. Why else would they ask him? That's nobody's business. They shouldn't ask him. Whatever team asked him should be heavily disciplined, perhaps even ejected Is the combine over? Yeah, it's over, but they should have been thrown out of the combine right then and there. By the same token, if you ran a team, wouldn't you want to know if a guy you might draft is gay? Because there would be, well, if he's not openly gay, I mean, the Michael Sam thing, people talked about the distraction, but there shouldn't be one, and if there is, it shouldn't matter. I, I, I don't know. I would never ask him if he was gay, but I'd want to know. And then here's another tempest in a teapot. Remember about a month ago, Jamel Hill left the 6 p.m. Sports Center? Well, now Michael Hill has followed suit. He's out. He's going to be reassigned with an ESPN. So our long 6 p.m. nightmare is over. People said how they tried to revolutionize Sports Center to give Sports Center personality. Let's be really honest about this. Michael Smith is black. Jamel Hill is black. What they tried to do was create an urban sports center. They did. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying it's good. I am saying nobody wanted to watch it. Ratings weren't good. People were dissatisfied with the performance level of Jamel and Michael. And I think they are talented. I think they're quality. I just think that was a lame idea that went quickly bad you got to give the audience what it wants. And I just don't think the audience wanted that. And if you'll recall, I was ahead of this particular curve because I said it when it started. 412-333-9939, the number to call. Let's go to Dave in Shadyside. Dave, you're on with Mark. Happy Friday, Mark. Happy Friday. 
Okay, I wanted to talk about Kevin Stallings. First off, whoever negotiated that contract with him did a hell of a job. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I don't knock Pitt for trying to save money. I mean, okay, but they're not—they're trying to save money dishonestly. They uh, owe him nine point four million. That's in the contract. Okay, but but yeah. Put, put it whatever way you want. They're still just trying to save money. Okay, like I'll go this money. real... I, I, Dave, I know... How much money do you make? Probably not very much, right? <laughs> not not much at all, buddy. All right, so you don't understand stuff like this. Do, have you of, ever of had a job... Have you ever had a job where you had a contract? Oh, actually, I do, yeah. What, what do you do? I'm, I'm a car detail manager. Now, what if you, the people who own your place of employment tried to crook you on your contract tried to not pay you what the contract says you're owed would oh, you just happened before would you well what did you say well it's no big deal you guys are just trying to save money i punched him right in the face well let kevin stallings hear that <laughs> and then his conscience be his guide that's how they negotiate in shady side uh let's go to mike and irwin mike you're on the mark madden show Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good. Good. Hey, two comments on Pitt basketball. Um, Pitt grad, former statistician for the basketball team and a huge basketball fan. Uh, but I do agree that um, Pitt should not be trying to stiff him for the money that just because they wrote a, a bad contract for them doesn't mean that he did anything wrong. And well, that's right. They made a bad hire. They shouldn't have run Dixon off. Although uh, Pitt basketball, let's be honest, Pitt basketball was fading uh, in Dixon's last few years uh, too, but – but don't forget, Dixon's last year, they were 9-9 nine nine in the ACC, which isn't terrible in that league, and they made the NCAA tournament. But yeah, and, and you know, 9.4 for a coach who just went 0-18 in the conference seems like a gratuitously big buyout, but it's in the contract. That's my big argument in this situation, Mike. Don't you agree? It's in the contract. Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they need to belly up and, and you know, take it like a man, for lack of a better term. And, um, they yeah, I, that, I, I would prefer a, a, a better term. What was that song? Oh, Mickey. Any way you want to do it, I'll take it like a man. And I'm saying, huh? Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. We got Derek Broussard of the Penguins at the bottom of the hour. We got Zach, Joe, and Jason on hold. And up next, Coors Light cold, hard facts. They are cold and they are hard. 105.9. Here's some Coors Light cold hard facts about the Pitt men's basketball coaching situation. Fact. A name coach won't want the job. Fact. Pitt wouldn't pay a name coach anyway. Fact. No coach but the dregs is going to want the job after the way Pitt is trying to cheat Stallings out of his buyout. Fact. Very few people care about Pitt basketball anymore. The Pete was only one-third full this year. Fact. Pitt basketball is going to need five or six years just to get its head above water, and that's only if things go perfect and fact. Pitt football had better learn some lessons from Pitt basketball, or Pitt football will be the next to be irrelevant. The Coors Light Cold Hard Facts are brought to you by Coors Light. Stop by Mel's Pizzeria in Catanning and enjoy Coors Light drafts for $2. Wow, just two bucks for a Coors Light draft during all Penguin games at Mel's Pizzeria in Catanic. We got Derek Broussard, the Penguin Center. He'll join me in about 10 minutes. 
Right now, let's talk to Zach on the Turnpike. Zach, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Happy Friday, Mark. Happy Friday. So, I was, I'm was i a Pitt fan, and I just think it's kind of ridiculous what Pitt's trying to do. Um, personally, I think what he did at Louisville, which is what they're citing, was one of the more respectable things he's done since he was... Well, no, he Pitt. shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't yell at fans. But Pitt didn't discipline him then. Pitt didn't care about it then. There was no internal stink made then. They're only doing it now to try to fire him for cause so they can crook him out half his buyout. And it looks awful for trying to bring in another good coach. It's just not going to happen. Well, I don't think they'll get a name coach no matter what because Pitt won't spend that kind of money. But but you're right. It would make not every coach flinch because some coaches just need a job, need the money. Well, Pitt will do. They'll get a guy like Stallings that has, you know, an okay reputation that just wants to get more money and better his career, and it won't work out either. People talk about Thad Mata, the old Ohio State coach. There's no way Thad Mata wants to pitch on. No way. Let's go to Zach downtown. Zach, you're on with these super genius. Short-time listener, first-time caller. It's great, great. to be on here. What is your opinion on Aaron Gray's future at Pitt? What the old the guy who's the assistant coach? Yep, that that guy. Yeah, I I would assume he'll get fired when the next head coach comes in. Why? Why do you think that? Because I usually when the head coach gets fired, like the, the assistant coaches all get fired too. But thank you for your call. Nobody appears to be talking about him as a head coaching candidate either, do they? Let's go to. Joe in downtown. Joe, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm a Piss fan. Well, I disagree a little bit in terms of your view on the attractiveness of the job and how, that, how long it would take to get Well, back. we'll see about that, won't well, we? Well, the thing that shocks me more than anything else is I cannot believe that the higher-ups at Pitt would sign off to try to go after this at, at cause firing. Look, I don't mind if they sit down with Stallings and say, you got a bad situation. We're going to try to get this out for everybody and save a few. Oh months. no, no, no! Like if that. they would, if they would negotiate with Stallings for a lower buyout, it's worth a try. But yeah, if I'm right, Stallings, right. I want the terms of my contract fulfilled because Stallings could make the argument that two years out of a six-year contract was not a fair chance. But how can you figure that Gallagher and the higher ups would sign off on this caused firing? That there's no way that they're going to be able to. Bro, you know where that comes from. It comes from it the comes scumbag from... alumni, the old Golden Panthers, who are scumbags through and through. They're rich old bastards with money, and they're scumbags. But at some point, if they go forward with it, they're going to have to try to prove it legally, and there's no way they can fire this guy for cause based on what's been put out there, unless they have something nobody knows about. Well, what, if they would play dirty pool like that, that's even less respectable. Don't you agree? I agree. I, I do agree, and I, and I just, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that they would, I mean, the one thing you said that I disagree with is, you know, look, most of the time Pitt won't spend the money, but the fact of the matter is they made a decision that they couldn't go on with Stallings the way it was, and they fired him knowing that they were going to have to spend a, a ton of money to get rid of him, and, you know, so they did that, but, but to, to, to try to do it under the cause things makes no sense at all, none. I, I, I'll be perfectly honest, uh, Joe. I would think, given the cost of the buyout, that I would have kept him for one more year. I'd let him coach for one more year just to save the money and take the buyout down because they're going to suck next year again. But if they would have won one game in the ACC next year under Stallings, 
then they're making progress. Derek Broussard of the Penguins next. It's the best hockey talk in town here on 105.9. This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. My guest right now came to the Penguins from Ottawa in a big trade made by General Manager Jim Rutherford at the deadline. Live from Toronto, let's welcome Center Derek Broussard. Uh, Derek, thanks for taking the time. Uh, when you first got told you were coming to Pittsburgh, what was your immediate reaction? Uh, well, I couldn't really believe it at first. Uh, just had the chance to join this team that won the last two Stanley Cups and uh, uh, coming in a sports time, I think it was uh, such a good opportunity for me to, especially where I'm at in my career, just to come here and have a chance to win. So uh, I couldn't really believe it at first, but I'm, I'm so happy to be here and we have a really good uh, group of guys here. Now, Ottawa plays a totally different style with that 1-3-1. Pittsburgh is a lot more wide open. Has that made the adjustment a bit more difficult for you so far? Oh, yeah, big time. Um, actually, uh, when I got traded from New York to Ottawa, I think it was a big adjustment, just the way we're playing there. Uh, in Ottawa, the, you know, we, it was more like a defensive mind uh, kind of system. And uh, uh, now, I, you know, five games in, I... You know, I I still try to tell myself every every shift that uh, you know I I have to make plays, I have to move my feet uh, because in Ottawa we're always kind of always back. You know we we always want numbers back. We never give uh, any on man rushes to the other team. So uh, I was spending pretty much all the time like defending, and um, I know that I know this team here pretty well. You know I I, I play against the tens for four straight years in the playoffs. Uh, I know they play a uh, high pace game with uh, a lot of good, a lot of good skaters and a lot of skills. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just need to improve a little bit. Uh, I'm going to give myself a couple more weeks uh, uh, just to get to know everyone and uh, trying to feel comfortable out there and making plays and uh, uh, just so I can go in the playoffs and be confident and be good for the team. Now the Senators were just one goal from the Stanley Cup final last year. Uh, losing to Pittsburgh in Game 7 of the conference final. What happened to keep them from even making the playoffs this year, Derek? Because uh, their tumble surprised me a great deal. Um, I don't know if there's one reason, but I, I'd say uh, we lost like four or five guys uh, through uh, the expansion draft. Uh, Clark McCarthy retired because of a concussion. He was a big part of our team in the playoffs. Uh, we had some injuries. Uh, early on the season, I don't know. I'm not not trying to make it up any excuses, but um, we were trying to find solution when I was there, and I, I wasn't really sure what was going on. Uh, maybe some of, some of the teams kind of figured out that we were playing. Um, I have no idea what happened, but um, you know, we were third last for a while. That's not a position you want to be part. Uh, part and uh, now I'm, you know, I'm playing on a good team. That's the only thing that matters. Everything is behind me. I'm looking ahead, and uh, what's ahead is really exciting. What's it like playing with Phil Kessel? Uh, what a great player, but a kind of unique style. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I I, we're, I, I grew up playing against him. Uh, we're the same age. Uh, he was always one of the most dominant player out there um despite his speed and his shot uh he's always always up there and uh now it's uh you know it's kind of it's kind of 
funny how it goes sometimes. A couple couple years later, we're on the same team, we're playing on the same line. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's just a great player. He's an all star. He's got like close to eighty points this year. Uh, it's just fun to see those guys go. Like you know, see what uh, what they do every day, the way they prepare. Whatever it's uh, Gino or Sid or Chris, uh, all the all the top players. Uh, it's it's fun for for us to kind of just to look at them and see the way they prepare. And uh, you know, and now one weekend in the trade, I, I can see why they won two cups in a row. It's just the, the way they're professional about every, everything. And they're trying to get better as a team every day, so uh, it's it's fun to, to be part of. Do you have to be careful not to force the puck to fill, Derek? Because that's kind of a new guy tendency after a trade, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say uh, I think it was two games ago. I think I was like pushing it too hard. I was trying to find him a little bit too much. Uh, in Ottawa, sometimes I was finishing games with uh, seven, eight, nine shots on net. Uh, I was playing with Mark Stones. Uh, I consider him as one of the best players in the game, two-way, two-way uh, winger. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still have to shoot the puck. Uh, maybe sometimes you're not going to score on the first one, but I think it creates uh, momentum to your team. It creates more opportunity for your teammates to maybe get some rebounds and spend some time in the offensive zone. I, I try to tell myself, uh, you know, to just make the right play. If Phil is open, I'll just sit when I try to find him, uh, especially in between the two uh, blue lines in the neutral zone because he's really smart. Um, and uh, one thing I, I noticed about his game, and I've got a couple ones, is uh, he's a really good passer uh, in the offensive zone. He's just, he's always like people think he's a shooter, but like I, I don't I don't think he's got enough credit for the vision that he has and the skills. Uh, and pass the puck really well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of lot of things that I have to think about in my game right now, but they make it pretty easy for me. Like it's a pretty uh, simple way we play. Um, everyone's on on the same page here, and uh, that's that's how you have success. We're talking to Penguin Center Derek Brassard here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. Uh, Derek, you used to kill the Penguins. Uh, 20 points in 23 career regular season games, 9 goals in 24 career playoff games. Can you put your finger on why you produced so much against Pittsburgh? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, I'd say I remember my, my time in New York when we were facing uh, and Gino and uh, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, I have to be at my best. You know, if I, I have to play... Uh, I have to get out of my con- uh, comfort zone because if I play just normal against those two guys, it's not going to be enough and we're not going to win. So I was just trying to push myself all the time to be a little bit better. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I just end up being like that, uh, playing four four straight years against the Pens in the playoffs. It's it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I'd say like just the, the fact of playing against a good team, I kinda, it kind of forced you as a player to play on, a, on another level, and I think that really helped me. Well, you've been a great playoff performer and producer your whole career, Derek. Uh, 22 career playoff goals. Do you play better in the postseason, different in the postseason? Uh, you touched on it a bit, but what makes things go right for you in the playoffs? Um, I mean, uh, the playoff is all about, uh, you know, the intensity out there, the, the emotion, the passion about the game and uh, I feel 
I feel uh, at that time of the year, it's just a matter of you wanted more than the other guy across, you know, and I just, I just trying to elevate my play, uh, trying to compete as hard as I can out there. Uh, I've been playing on good teams, good, really good players on my lines. That really helps as well. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to do the same thing this year. I know we had, we didn't, uh, we're not, we're not in the playoffs for sure, but if we end up, I uh, you know, being in there a couple of weeks from now, I'll try to do my best again. Is there more pressure or less pressure on you coming to Pittsburgh from Ottawa? What do you feel like the expectations are for you here with the Penguins? I don't feel the pressure to come here. I'm not a, I'm not a, that group already proved it before that they can win and they can win and uh they won two cups in a row i'm just coming here to help them to maybe you know get to a third one in a row um trying to play on the right side of the puck um you know just trying to get a good chemistry with my line mates uh if we can make a difference once once in a while or maybe a couple games in a row with uh with the talent that we have and the depth that we have up front i think that's a big plus for our team uh, I don't feel the pressure coming in here. Uh, they already have some guys that can that can do it all here, and I think that really helps me to kind of adjust to the team. Well, let's talk about uh, some of those guys, Derek. Uh, you've played against Pittsburgh Stars, Sid and Gino, and the rest, and as we've talked about in some big games, what's it like being on the same team and in the same locker room? How well did you know those guys before you came here, and what are they like now that you're around them every day? Yeah, I knew them as a player. I didn't know uh, them. Uh, I never met Sid or Gino before that. Uh, but being in the same locker room, like I was saying earlier, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Like I'm, I'm 30 years old, which was in my 11th year in the league, and uh, I feel like you can still like improve and learn from other players. And uh, you know, and now it's like I, I see those guys the way they prepare, the way they they work in practices in the gym, the way the you know, it's everything is professional, and you know, it's uh, it's it's, I think it's just a, a great thing for me, and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to finish the year uh, with them and we'll go from there. Have you noticed all the Sid superstitions yet, Derek? Uh, yeah, a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stay away from the McDonald's logo yeah, during warm up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the first or. First and second warm up, uh, even then, like I, uh, everyone has their own thing going on the on on the, on the, on the ice during the pregame warm up, and I'm just trying to like not run in anyone or just grabbing someone's puck or being someone's way. So I just kind of go from there, and now I kind of know what what the, what the guys like to do out there, and uh, <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of funny. Now uh, one more thing, and this has been great, Derek. Thank you. Uh, like you said, you guys are chasing the third straight Stanley Cup. You've only been here for a couple weeks, but how's the team feel to you? Because you've been on some really good teams. Uh, you've played uh, against the Penguins uh, before they hit this run of two cups. What do you think your chances are? You've got to be real optimistic. With, with the team that we have right now? Yes. Uh, I like our chance. Uh, we have to play the right way. We have, uh, we have to compete hard. We know there's it's a tough league. There's really good teams in every division. Conference, it's it's not easy, uh, but after that, you just have to go and earn it. And uh, I feel like the, our team could beat anyone. Uh, but like I said, we just have to play the right way. Uh, we have to play as a team. We have to 
that four line sixties or even more than that. Uh, just be ready to go, and uh, I like our chances. We're we're going to try to win some games here, so we can have our, our our place in the playoffs. And after that, it's uh, it's going to be game time. Derek, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, good luck against the Maple Leafs, and we'll see you Sunday at the rink. All right, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. That's Derek Brassard. Good stuff from the Penguin Center, and uh, the numbers are pretty impressive. Against the Penguins. 20 points in 23 career games. Nine goals in 24 playoff games. That one year, what was it, 14? He just wrecked the Penguins while playing for the New York Rangers. And the thing to pull out of that is, Derek Broussard's a good player who plays better when the games are bigger. And that's why Jim Rutherford got him. Thanks to Derek. Thanks to Jen and Jason, as always, from the Penguins PR department for setting it up. We got Staggy next hour. Not not Paul Staggy, John Staggy. And we got Bob McGaughan up next, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M love to hang. About all at once. The X at 105.9. Boy, more news just keeps breaking. It looks like the Browns are going to trade a couple draft picks to Miami for the wide receiver Jarvis Landry, who's very good. So peep this. The Browns have a very good offensive line. They have Josh Gordon. If they had Jarvis Landry and Saquon Barkley and get a quarterback of any substance, whether a rookie in the draft or they sign A.J. McCarron as a free agent, that's going to be a real good offense. Don't know if they'll turn it around to be a playoff contender, but if they get Saquon Barkley and Jarvis Landry, and let's say they do sign A.J. McCarron. I'm not saying that's what they should do, but that's what would help them the most immediately, right? They could win seven or eight games. That's no kidding. And I'm going to make a prediction you won't like. I guarantee they'd beat the Steelers once. Joining me now is Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, this Pitt situation is insane. You're a Pitt fan. I think they're flat out trying to crook Kevin Stallings out of his full buyout. Stallings' attorney just put out a release. They want the full buyout, and they're basically pointing out what I would think is pretty obvious, that Pitt is being pretty lame in trying to crook Stallings. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, not the most golden moment for the blue and gold. Uh, It's ugly there. That's embarrassing. Well, well, Pitt's just looking terrible. Uh, They're looking petty. Tom Petty. Absolutely. Their pettiness is it just, it's at a level where it's almost beyond petty. Well, a couple days ago, we sat here and we said, okay, just pay the guy, get him out of here. How can Pitt screw this up? Yeah, if you want to negotiate a little bit, that's okay. But, yeah. but he's owed what he's owed via the contract. But they found a way to screw it up, and now they've got egg all over their face. Nobody's taking this well. I mean, you can say that this is just a way to do business. This is more than just doing business. Now, this- who, who do you blame for this? Do you blame Pitt's administration? Do you blame Heather Like? Or do you blame the uh, big money alum who contribute so much. Well, I blame Scott Barnes for signing the deal in well, the yeah, first place. Well, yeah, but he's he's gone right. and this isn't going on with him here. He's gone. Right. Well, I would I would blame whoever in the meeting that put forth the notion, "Hey, let's say that we made up a file in January then that we were upset well, right, with them." Well, right, which is what Pitt's saying, just to clarify. Scott Barnes yelled at that fan at Louisville and Pitt says, "Now, 
that they started a file to record his unsavory antics. And I've never heard of one <laughs> unsavory antic. Not one. I mean, Bob, you know, we hear the underground stuff. And I haven't heard anything about Kevin Stallings besides that he yelled at a fan at Louisville. And at the time, Pitt sure didn't seem to care, did they? Didn't say a word about it. The only reaction I can remember at the time was Patino called him a jackass. And that was it. And everybody had a good laugh and said, hey, Stallings was right to protect his player by saying that. Good line. Good for him. Now get out there and win an ACC game. That didn't happen. That puts Pitt where they're at right now. And it's embarrassing. They shouldn't have gone with this. Whoever was in that meeting, Mark, and didn't put their hand up and say, you know what? We look kind of stupid if we're going to put this out there and try and do this. Because it's going to get out there. We're going to look bad. Well, you see, I think a deal's a deal. It seems to me that Kevin Stallings' contract may well be ironclad. And you just pay off what you owe. It really should be that simple. Now, what kind of coach do you think Pitt is going to attract in how will that coach feel about them trying to crook the, the last coach? Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's part of the fallout from this, Mark. You can't say that you're going to be a top-tier uh, organization and that you're going to run your sports department like this, and we're really trying to put Pitt, uh, put, put Pitt back on the map with this hanging over your head. Well, and more, if you're like, kid, more, like, more like you're trying to keep Pitt from falling into a sinkhole. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, but that's not what they're going to say. They're going to spin it as, hey, this it, is a move to better the it's program. It's what they should be thinking. Uh, well, I think it's what a lot of other people are thinking right now. As far as what kind of person they're going to get to coach him, look, there might be a name out there that nobody's thinking about right now. Some young up-and-comer. Um, you know, Mata's going to be all over the place. It, you can't look at this story right now without seeing his name. Sean Miller, yesterday, Sporting News immediately put out eight names. The first one was Sean Miller. Okay, the editor should have grabbed that and said seven, seven names that could possibly be the pit person. Um, Sean Miller's not coming back here. I, I don't think it's going to be an immediate savior, Mark, but they have to get this one right if they have any chance of slowly moving back up Bob, the ladder. it's too late to get it right. It very well right. might be. There's no way they're getting Thad Mata. It's right? going to be an impossible, not impossible, it's going to be a very hard task. They're not getting Thad Mata. You, you know who they're going to get? Somebody like Orlando Antigua, who, by the way, wouldn't be a bad choice. He's been a top-level assistant at a lot of places, most recently Illinois, uh, under uh, Calipari at Kentucky. I think he's a good basketball mind with ties to Pitt. And I hate to say they need a Pitt guy, but Pitt Athletics have usually done best. Like, you know, they say they need a pit guy. They ran off Wani, the ultimate pit guy. I just, here's the thing. I just don't trust Pitt at all to do the right thing in any circumstance. I don't trust them at all. They have crooked too many people, been too petty too often, been too dishonest too often. Well, I'll just end with this. I trust them less after doing this move. I don't think this was the right move at all. I think it's going to blow up in their face, and it looks like it's happening right now. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. We have the king of old school, John Steigerwald, at 515. I'm sure he'll have something to say about all of this. Okay, Tiger Woods is second right now. The last time I looked, minus four after two rounds in the Jamoke Open. I I don't know where it is. I I don't know who else is playing. I don't care about any of that. Wait till you hear how his performance in two rounds has moved the odds on him in the Masters Tournament at Las Vegas. And also I'm going to bitch about something that irritates me, which is what this show is really all about. 105.9 The X.